Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 2. In this series, I travel from LA to Chicago on the Southwest Chief, then from Chicago to New Orleans on both Amtrak's City of New Orleans train and a rail replacement bus. I then travel back from New Orleans to Los Angeles on the Sunset Limited. I also get to travel on the San Joaquins the Coast Starlight and the Pacific Surfliner, in all over 6,300 miles in 14 days. Episode 6 From La Plata in Missouri, through the rain and floods, to Princeton in Illinois. just passed over a level crossing that I don't think anybody will be using today for the very simple reason that the area where the gate is is completely underwater. Yesterday I saw very little freight partly because the route that we were traveling along normally only has the southwest chief in both directions and is a freight diversion route but today every 10 minutes we're passing a freight train every siding on this single track line there is another freight train waiting for us to pass just passing through a town called Marceline this railway station has no platform these days and is fenced off from the tracks there's also an old steam locomotive on display outside the station I'm sat here with Jesse, who's just put his laptop away because he's in the computing world, and he's travelling on to Chicago, and then ultimately we'll be getting down to New Orleans. Actually, ultimately, are we going to uh, Montreal, Canada? Ah, he's correct me. Ultimately, he's going to Montreal in Canada, via New Orleans. Where did you get on the train? Lawrence, Kansas. Lawrence is your home? Yes. And it's a big town or a big city, small city? It's a small city, about um, 100,000 people. Why are you using the train for your travel rather than maybe a plane or something like that, as most people in this country would do? I enjoy traveling kind of slow, kind of enjoying the scenery and getting the feeling of traveling through a place rather than just flying over it. And you've used the trains before? Yeah, last year I took a train from Lawrence again up to Chicago and then out to the West Coast, Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, and San Francisco. So quite a train enthusiast. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not crazy about it. I mean, I know that there's some people that are very obsessed with them, but I do enjoy riding on them. And it gives you a chance to actually see the great country that you live in properly rather than just from 30,000 feet. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the traveling that I've done before, it was just going from airport to airport, not from city to city or things like that. So this is, it's also a great way to go to many cities. You know, if you go from one city to another and just stay there, that's fine. But this is a great way to just travel through all of the different places. Now, you said you're going down to New Orleans and then on to Toronto. So are you going by boat or... I, no, um, I'll, I'll give you the, the full scope. I'm, yep. I'm going from Lawrence to Chicago, 
to Memphis, to New Orleans, to New York City, back down to Savannah, Georgia, Charleston, up to Washington, D.C., Augusta, Maine, Boston, Massachusetts, and then Montreal, and then returning, I think. I, I, haven't, I, I don't have uh, tickets for the last few things, but I think from Montreal, I'll head back to uh, Lawrence. Because of the work that you do, you can actually do some work whilst you're traveling. Right, yeah. I, I work a little bit less just so that I can, you know, travel around a bit. But, um, yeah, I can work on the train. It works real well. You were telling me that your co-workers are spread across the world. Yeah, I have a co-worker from England who lives in uh, San Diego and co-workers from the U.S. that live in Cardiff, other co-workers in the U.K., so your office is wherever you want it to be. Well, thank you very much for talking to me. As the morning progresses, we pass Sugar Creek, which was originally known as Wayne's Landing an important link in serving as a port to receive supplies for the early pioneers. The city of Sugar Creek was founded in 1920. For some 40 years, the area was home to a first-class pleasure resort. The Missouri River begins in southern Montana, in the Rocky Mountains, and ends at the Mississippi, just north of St. Louis. At 2,500 miles, it is the longest in the U.S., the river meanders from bluff to bluff in the flat Midwest, leading to the nickname Wide Missouri. It is also known as Big Money due to its high silt content. We have a short stop at La Plata, where the station used by 11,900 passengers in 2016 originally opened in 1945. As you'll see from the photographs, the station buildings are currently undergoing a degree of renovation. The town began as a trading post at the intersection of North and South Stagecoach Road. The town prospered as a small farming centre until 1867, when the North Missouri Railroad came to town. just heard the announcement the Missouri River Runner has been cancelled so we have extra passengers on this train. As I walked through it I was thinking that this train was very full of people. We pass through the Missouri-Iowa state line and reach the Des Moines River, a tributary of the Mississippi approximately 525 miles long. Its name is thought to be French, meaning River of the Monks, who built huts near its mouth. The river has a long history of flooding. As we progress, there's a lot of water in the low-lying fields and every river and tributary that we pass is full to the brim. Water flowing at an immense rate. We're making good progress, but I think we're still running about an hour late. Still grey, but the rain seems to have stopped. I've been told that when we cross the Mississippi, we will see that it is in really heavy flood for this time of year.
spring is yet to arrive in the area that we're travelling through. The trees are all still bare, they're all deciduous trees. I would imagine that in the summer, when the trees are in leaf, rather than standing in large pools of water, that this is an absolutely beautiful part of the world to travel through. Because of the density of the trees by the tracks, I suspect that you don't actually see much of the countryside beyond. Six thousand six hundred and sixty passengers used the station at Fort Madison in twenty seventeen. The town is on the Mississippi River and is home to the Iowa State Penitentiary, a maximum security prison for men. The last remaining double swing span bridge on the Mississippi is located here. It is also the world's largest. It has a top level for cars and a bottom level for trains. Completed in 1927, the span is 270 feet across the Mississippi. So this is Fort Madison where we're allowed to get out for a breath of air. Well, that is us on the way from Fort Madison. Not the most beautiful station buildings along the route. I think this is the only station that we stop at that's in Iowa. As we pull out, the oil tanker vehicle is also pulling out, having refueled our engines. As I said earlier, we're running a bit late today and lunch is well underway. We've now crossed the Mississippi and we're in the state of Illinois, having left Iowa behind us. Our next stop will be at Galesburg. As we moved away from the Mississippi, went through a long area, maybe 10 or 15 miles, where both sides of the railway track were flooded. And by flooded, I'm not talking about a small amount of water. I'm talking about water that stretched, in some cases, for some miles on either side, with the railway going through it as though it's on a causeway. We're now further out into the agricultural land, lots of ploughed soil waiting for sowing, or maybe waiting for the seeds to germinate, mile upon mile of fields. Some of the goods trains that we're now passing, because it's double track at this stage, are so long that they have diesel engines at both ends of the train to enable them to have the power to get to their destinations. As we pass at speed through the ploughed fields, the sky is brightening, the grey is paler, and there's a hint of orangey-yellow in the distance. Maybe the day might improve a little bit by the time we get to Chicago. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jeff from the Dining Car. We have a 1215 reservation. 1215 Dining Car. Please make your way to the Dining Car. Please wait to be seated at the entrance to the car. 1215, thank you. I'm with Kevin Shearer, and he was talking very knowledgeably, or so it sounded to me, certainly far more knowledgeably than I could ever talk about some of the flooding and the reasons for it at the current time. Kevin. This year, we've had flooding where in some areas along the Missouri River, it's reached above the 1993 crest, which was record flooding back in, at that time. In other areas, it's not near as high as it was in 93. 
So it depends on where you're looking at in the river and what the cause is. You know, this year it really wasn't caused by local rains, heavy rains. We're not getting any more rain than what we normally get here in Missouri in the spring. But what's happened is up north around the Dakotas and so forth, they've had a scenario set up with frozen ground. They've had a lot of snowfall and then they had a warm rain where it melts that snow. There's nowhere for it to go but into the reservoirs up there. Unfortunately, they keep these reservoirs at high level during the wintertime and there's nowhere for it to go. So they have to release all this water at one time. So you get a, a flush of, of water coming down the Missouri River. So you know, if you notice in the news, Omaha got hit really bad. St. Joe, Missouri was record flooding there. And as it comes down the Missouri River, it gets less and less. In, for example, in Jeff City, Missouri, the record crest of 93 was around, if I recall, was around uh, 38 feet. It crest there yesterday at about 26 feet. So we're about 12 feet off the, the high crest of 1993. However, if you go upstream the Missouri River about 100 miles, they exceeded that crest of 93 by about half a foot. So it very much is, depending on where you are, how bad the flooding is? Yes, very much so. On a slightly different topic, why have you taken the train in a country where people fly? <laughs> it's more enjoyable than driving and it's too, too short to fly. Where have you come from and where are you going to? I come from Jefferson City. I'm going to Chicago. Well, it's been lovely to meet you. Thank you very much. With only three hours of our journey to go, we reached Galesburg. The station opened in 1984 and is served by the Southwest Chief, the California Zephyr, the Illinois Zephyr and the Carl Sandburg Amtrak services. Nearly 100,300 passengers used the station in 2017. The town of Galesburg was the home to writer and historian Carl Sandburg. It was also home to the first anti-slavery society in Illinois and an important stop on the Underground Railroad during the Civil War. Galesburg plays host to the Railroad Days Festival each June and the Black Earth Film Festival each September. And there is a magnificent steam locomotive at the railway station. After leaving Galesburg, we pass Kiwani. The name is Native American and the word for prairie chicken. It's an industrial town and was best known as the home of the Kiwani Boiler Corporation who manufacture steam boilers sold throughout the world for over 100 years. It's now just about two o'clock as we're leaving Princeton. It was settled in the 1830s by families from New England and the Mid-Atlantic states. Its name was, according to legend, drawn from a hat. It was once known as the City of Elms. The name is no longer used due to an epidemic that killed off almost every single elm tree in the city. Actor Richard Widmark's parents owned a hardware store here when he was young. The station was first opened in 1911 and was used by nearly 35,790 passengers in 2017.
this podcast has been produced by the Mr. T Podcast Studio. I thank the passengers and crew of the Amtrak Southwest Chief for helping make this podcast possible. Thank you for listening. Please join me again in two weeks. Thank you.